Welcome to the Roaring Twenties Podcast. I am your host, Peter Torres. If you're listening or you're watching, thank you so much. The first episode could not have asked for better support. I received so much, so many thankful messages and happy messages that I received from family, friends, people that listen to the podcast, you know, that I haven't talked to in a while, reached out, super thankful, super glad that I was able to get this started. And I'm happy about the turnout so far. We'll see where this grows, but for now, episode two. Let's rock. Hit it. Episode two, again, let me just reiterate, I couldn't be more thankful about the turnout of this podcast so far. I mean, one episode in, only heard good things, and that's that's good. So, looking forward to seeing where this will end up. I just want to start off by saying that episodes will be dropping on Tuesday and Friday. That's the first house cleaning business of this episode. Tuesdays and Fridays, that's going to be the goal. Tuesdays and Fridays, Tuesdays and Fridays. All right, so then obviously the next episode will be Friday. So yeah, let me let me start with this. So th- this episode is core, is going to be mostly based around college and what what college and the value of of a college education is. So I mean, I may have a different perspective now because, you know, I I'm not in college anymore. I just finished and I was only really able to get one half of a semester in worth of online school. Considering only I got that one half of the semester, is it unfair to say that the value of an undergraduate college education has diminished? Now, everyone, some people need college, and that's completely understandable. There are certain, certain you know, areas of people that go into college need college, like being a doctor or an engineer or an accountant or there are many areas but at the same time, there are some areas that I feel the level of what just what the online level is, what exactly is it possible that employers would maybe think, oh, this person went to college during this during the COVID year. So they looked up all their answers online because everyone's looking up their answers online. All of the resources are at the fingertips of our fingers. And I was when I was at grad school, I used Google, you know, Nonstop. But who wouldn't? Why wouldn't? Why not? You know, when it's at our fingertips, why aren't we not allowed to use the resources that we can use? I'm a little worried. You know, I've seen some TikToks where like people say that they are nurses, but they check their way. And people who don't know what check is, it's an online service that basically gives answers to tests. And people that check their way into becoming a nurse or check their way into becoming like a surgeon or something crazy like that like that could be a reality that could that could be a serious issue i feel like it's it's online school has totally turned the collegiate world upside down and with that you know it, it would be it would be pretty fucked up if employers were to go out of their way or you know 
totally changed your the mindset of a person that is applying for a job just because they went to school that was strictly online. You know, I don't know if I don't know how much that'll play an impact, but it's just curious to think about like because online school is just such a different such a different ball ball game. I mean, it's not like I don't know whether to say if it's difficult. I don't know whether to say it's easier, but it's totally different, especially with like I said, the resources at the tip of our fingers. So, I don't really know what what what's going to happen with that, but besides the fact that does anyone else feel that an undergraduate degree is just not as valued as much regardless online school or not? An undergraduate degree is just not as valuable as what it used to be. I feel like every person I know, you know, I went to grad school myself. I feel like grad school is college. And almost college is just I don't even know. I'm sure there are avenues for success just getting straight in undergrad, but most people I know have gone to grad school and, you know, excelled and pursued their careers later off into grad school. But that goes to show what does that say about that undergraduate degree then? And I think of what it comes to is I think it's just utter bullshit the fact that you have to take gen ed classes that don't apply to something that you want to pursue. Let me give you an example. So I was in when I went to college, I immediately knew I was going to do accounting. Yes, I know it's boring, but I was somewhat good at it and I knew there was opportunity there. So the reason I took accounting was to take accounting classes. And the amount of gen eds that I had to take were ridiculous. I had to take classes that made me have to write essays. Like in in accounting, you don't really write essays or research papers. You really are working on statements. And some people could say that gen eds help their, their, their GPA. For me, it hurt. And I had to take a, it was a class called Contemporary Russia. Now, I had a, an advisor that said I had to take a gen eds in like world studies or something, and she recommended this class, and she said it was easy. So, being the, me being the dumb 18-year-old I am, I decided, I said, hey, why not? Let's give it a go. Let's, how bad could it possibly be? Well, there was 12 people in the class. There was zero reason for me to be in that class as an accountant student that was just somewhat good at math that enjoyed looking at numbers. I had no business being in this class. The professor was literally 100% Russian. I could not understand the word he was saying. And every person that was in that class had a background of Russia. I am a half Peruvian, half Irish kid. So I have no business I was barely able to get through American history. So what makes you think that I am required to take a class on Russian history? So that's why I think, you know, college, I'm not going to say college is a scam, but I'm going to say that the the value of an undergraduate degree is diminished. Whereas a master's degree is almost seemed as the norm to pursue after college. I'm not I'm not going to say college is a scam because it is actually very beneficial in some areas of of you know what people want to pursue. But, you know, people are paying thousands of dollars for things that are just not relevant in their life whatsoever. There are so many classes that I've had to take 
and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this where, you know, if they have a test, they just are throwing the things into their brain. And the moment they take the test, they are taking the stuff out of their brain and just throwing it away because all they needed it was for that particular test and for that particular moment. That stuff does not last forever. What lasts forever are the, are the subjects that you want to pursue. I remember my finance classes. I remember my management classes. I remember my accounting classes. Those are the classes that go along with me for for that I'll remember forever. I'm not. I don't remember one single thing that I did in psychology one on one. That stuff does not apply to me. And I know it's like maybe the the narrative that oh you should be well rounded or something like that. It it makes you a well-rounded person. That's what I hear. Well-rounded. Well, if I know what the fuck I'm going to do and I have a set plan on what I want to do, there's no reason for me to stick around and be taking, you know, classes that don't apply. I just, I don't know. That's that's just my mindset. Like, I feel bad for people that maybe have to... I, I was fortunate enough to be somewhat good at math. I enjoyed math classes. I enjoyed, like, calculus and things like that. I feel bad for people that strictly wanted, that liked writing papers and not doing hardcore math or chemistry or things like that. You know, if you're set on a mindset, there's no, if you're set on a certain goal with what you want to do and what you want to pursue, there's no reason for you to take these gen ed classes. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. And that information, chances are, it doesn't get retained after college. Basically, the main, the main message that I'm trying to say is that college is not a scam. But in my eyes, the value of an undergraduate degree has certainly diminished. I feel like getting your master's degree is almost more important than your undergraduate degree. And I'm not trying to bash on anyone that just has an undergraduate degree. You know, I'm sure there's opportunity that's there. But it just feels like every a lot of people that I know are just pushing and pushing towards an undergraduate degree. You know, those think about... For the people that are listening that went to college, those first two years of school, did that apply to your career? Like hardcore? You know, maybe it did. I don't know. But for me, in my case, and for what I believe, I just don't think those gen ed classes of those classes that were totally irrelevant, you know, they, they, they just weren't for me. The classes were humongous, some of them. The professors were arrogant, some of them. Not all of them, I'm not saying. But I got, I grasped the most when I was with 30 people strictly accounting people, strictly people in my major, strictly people that had the same interests, you know? So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen with online school and if that perception of people that are still in online school, if that will hurt or help them, who knows? I'm not sure, but it, it, it's, it's, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. So yeah, college isn't a scam. It's not, but you know, I think I think it's being undervalued a little bit of getting an undergraduate degree. Because when everyone comes out of high school, everyone's in such a fucking rush to make sure that they put the college and the graduating year in their Instagram bio. That's all that fucking kids care about when you're 17 years old picking out a college. With no regard of what is to come in the future. With no set plan. So I think that's where colleges are getting the edge and just taking advantage of people and making them take classes that are so out of the ordinary, out of totally irrelevant, not necessary. At the end of the day, like I, I just feel like a college education, an undergraduate college education, that value has 
diminished, not totally dropped off, but just a little slightly. And more students and more people are getting in debt. So many people have student loans. And you think about, you spend those thousands of dollars on, what, sociology one-on-one? And you want, and I want to be an engineer? Those two things have nothing in common. And there's no reason why people should be having to suffer financially because of that. Moving on, let's... um. Let's go check out the next topic. So now let's talk about finals week. Finals week is, to put it simply, it's a, it's a war zone. It is. I feel like people don't talk about it enough. That I know, I know it's online right now. People are probably frantic and you know going crazy trying to collect as much notes and trying to cheat but not get caught cheated. I'm not in college right now, so I can't speak on that. But I, I just remember it is different. Finals week in person... The library is full to the brim. No one is getting any sleep. Everyone is not, I mean, not everyone, but most people are taking Adderall, taking caffeine up the ass, Red Bull, Monster, health thrown out the window. Hygiene, don't even think about it. (laughs) Your health, your hygiene thrown out the window because you need to pass a 50-question multiple-choice test on something that you will just throw into your brain as fast as possible And the moment you step out of that test, you are taking that stuff out of your brain and you are throwing it in the trash. That's just what, I mean, that's just the reality. That's that's what most college kids do. And it's crazy the fact that we used to do that twice a year. Like it, it was just, if you think about it, it was almost like the scene in SpongeBob when there's like 20 SpongeBob's running in his head and he's like, oh, we forgot the name. We forgot that. Like that's how kids are like when they're taking these finals and they're like, frantic and they're freaking out that's really what it is i feel like people just don't talk about it enough like finals week like and it's and also another thing it's almost like your professors decided to all get together and say hey let's um let's make sure we fuck this kid pete tonight uh, make sure that he uh has a final on he make sure let's make sure he has four finals in two days we'll see how much fucking sleep he gets <laughs> like seriously like the schedule of what the finals would be normally for me would always be pretty bad for the most part. You know, no one sees it from the outside of the college, but in the, in the library, you know, everyone's cracked out. Everyone's just cracked out. It's, it's a war zone. That's just, I feel like no one talks about it enough and it's actually pretty funny. I mean, it, I'm not to say, I'm not going to say that I enjoyed finals week. It was just an experience like no other health is just not a question. Hygiene, not a question. There would be times we would have, I would have an accounting final that was literally one of the scariest tests I ever had. And I remember it because I was freaking out. I called my mom for the first time. I cried. I cried to my mother for the first time ever. And I said, I am going to fail this test. And if I don't pass this test, I will not be able to pursue what I want to pursue after I graduate college. And she said, it's okay. All right. Like, she, you know, she was very positive. You know, they don't like their parents. They're positive. I love them. You know, that's what they're supposed to do. And I just remember finishing the test and I, I took the test for some reason in a stage in a, an assembly hall or something like that. And the moment I left the test, I probably had like four hours of sleep, probably studying for 23 hours straight. And I just remember just my body was just shaking, something that's never happened before. And kids are crying outside of the of this place. It was an auditorium. That's what it was, an auditorium. But anyways, you know, people don't talk about the stress and the anxiety and what college kids go through in finals week. I I feel like it's super not talked about. (laughs) 
and that's why I'm talking about it right now because it is finals week and I'm sure a lot of kids are stressed and I'm sure a lot of kids are freaking out because of this. It's 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 wild. It's it's wild and I'm I'm very very glad that I don't have to deal with that anymore. People don't talk about it enough. That I don't know what they got to do. I feel like professors should meet up and, you know, actually try and schedule like a final should be done. You should get at least two good days of studying before taking a final and when your professors schedule you for three or four finals within a two-day span what are the chances you're getting any sleep or any good sleep at least you know that's what I'm saying that's I I was thinking about that today finals week's coming up my girlfriend's taking her finals she has to type a thousand pages god god bless her I don't have to deal with that anymore my brother same thing taking finals right now God bless him, but I'm so glad I'm done with that, and, I, and I, I feel like that's not talked about, which is why I wanted to address that. If anyone has, if anyone wants it, has any crazy stories, you know, or crazy, you know, situations or any questions about what go- happens through finals week, send me an email. Now, let me get into some house cleaning things first before we get into the last segment that I'm going to talk about. So the YouTube, so the the plan is we're me and my buddy Alex, my producer, Alex Stoll, we're going to shoot for Tuesdays and Fridays. Episode one of the full slate, it's on YouTube. I edited it. It's pretty bad, but, you know, our videos will be getting better. Our quality will be getting get it, getting better. That was the first run through last time. So hopefully, you know, we'll be getting better as, as episodes go on. You know, I'm still learning. I'm learning a lot. The TikTok, uh, I'm not sure. I, I did create a TikTok for the Roaring Twenties podcast. I don't know whether if anyone wants to think maybe I should just post those videos on my actual TikTok, Peter Torres. I feel like I think that I might do that and just delete the Roaring Twenties podcast TikTok account because I have my own TikTok. I feel like that's just more convenient maybe. Twitter's up and running. I, I like to post the, the clips that we pit, we post. So yeah, I mean, just another little house cleaning item. Just, you know, shoot it a follow. If, if, if you're listening to this right now, I appreciate you. You know, because that's the overall goal. This was a podcast. So we just like to shoot the video stuff just just so that, you know, people get a visual. And I think it's cool. All right, I'm going to finish off with this last segment. I received a question from one of my good friends out of Albany. The question was, considering that most of us are in our 20s and we were the first generation who started out with MySpace and AIM and Facebook at around middle school, What are your thoughts on the fact that the things we post from around 2010 could follow you for better or for worse? Now, we can all agree cancel cancel culture is a serious thing right now in America. And one of the big things of cancel culture is just basically doing anything that they can to find any historic or inappropriate or racist thing that was said from maybe 10 years ago. If you think about it, that's when Facebook was big, like 2010 for kids that are 23 and around that age for me in my opinion it's not fair to ridicule or judge someone based on a post from when they were under 18 years old you know that's that's a fucking kid you know it's it's hard i feel like once you're around past 18 19 like and if you're saying inappropriate or racist or homophobic things it's it doesn't slide these days and back then in 2010s you know it kind of did as fucked up as it was And it wasn't really talked about enough, but now it's like, it's almost like everyone is just walking on eggshells on what they say because it's so fast for people to cancel each other just on any little, any little tweet 
or any little post that you have that could show any sign of you singling out a particular group. So I think when I read this question, it made me think of, you know, we'll throw the clip in there. It was a video of Herm Edwards talking to a bunch of rookie players saying, you know, the moment you think of a good tweet, you know, if you want to be funny in the moment, that shit sticks around with you for the rest of your life. And I feel like that's hard to ridicule someone when if someone has done that like back in like 2010 or like 2012 when like Facebook, like there was no filter back then. But today, like that shit will stick with you no matter what. It'll be so quick for people that need that just need that drama or need that like sign of just singling out a group. You know, you have to be extremely careful with what you tweet and what you say. I know it's I know it sounds like not right you know but it's the truth so no matter what you put like, it doesn't matter if you were fucked up and you posted something at 1 a.m and you just happened to delete it you know you don't know who screenshot it you don't know who saw it you know people can see shit i feel like these applications certainly have them in their history somehow even if you do delete it in my opinion this is just me i feel like it's hard for me to bash someone or totally break down someone if they were to say something inappropriate from like 2009 2010 like you know social media is not what it is today than what it was back when we were in that 2010 to 2014 ish you know it's two totally different things now and it's crazy like what has transformed from it because cancel culture is a serious serious thing with good intentions sometimes don't get me wrong but like i said before everyone should be you know making sure because some things could get taken out of context and you don't even realize it. That's what I that's what I mean when I say make sure you're not make sure you're like, like when I mean everyone is just walking on eggshells right now. You know that that's what I'm really trying to say. Anything you say could get really taken out of context. Context. It's not it's not fair. I feel in my opinion it's just not fair to to really ridicule someone for that. That's my opinion. Anyone could be if you think if they say something back then they mean it now. I'm not going to fight you on that. That's that's your opinion. But for me, I feel like social media is a different thing than what it is today. Our mindsets are a lot different than what they were back then. But for now, you know, I'm careful with what I post. I try to be positive. I try to not bash or be a negative person. I try to be real. Yeah, that was a great question. It really was. Um, if anyone else has questions, remember, I'll say it again. Email me. But... Yeah, I'm going to wrap this episode up. I think I got a lot of good things out. Maybe some funny things, maybe some not. I don't know. Shooting for episode three. Uh, should be coming out next Friday. All right, I'll see everyone soon. I think we may have our first guest on Friday. We'll see what the situation is there. But for now, thank you guys again so much for listening. Follow follow the page. Follow the Insta, Instagram. Follow maybe the TikTok. I don't know. But peep out the YouTube clips. You know, I'll, I'll keep posting on IG consistently. And again, cheers to being in your 20s, in the 2020s. Peace.